I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation will commend your works to another and they will tell of your mighty acts. They will speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They will tell of the power of your awesome works and I will proclaim your great deeds. They will celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. All you have made will praise you, O Lord. Your saints will extol you. They will tell of the glory of your kingdom and speak of your might so that the, all men may know your mighty acts and the glorious spenders of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all generations. For the Lord is faithful to all his promises. Lord is loving towards all he has made. He upholds all those who fall. He lifts all those who are bowed down. The eyes of all who look to you, give them the proper food at the proper time. You open your hand, you satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways, loving towards all he has made. The Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him, hears the cries and saves them. The Lord watches all over all those who love him. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. Lord, we do praise you. And we have the opportunity, even in this, that you receive our praises. And there are more. And Lord, just set us free to have a holy life habit Of not only getting out of that chair, but raising our hands up in the air and praising and thanking you for what you've done and for who you are. Lead us in this time now as we open up your word that you would speak to us about this next step. That we would not only win over worry, but that we would be able to, in our fight for joy, find victory in you. Move as only you can. Speak the words beyond anything I say. Help us this day that we've come not just for some new information, but we have come to be made new for transformation by you. And we give you the glory and the honor and the praise. Amen. We're talking about winning over worry here. Let's just be clear. I'm not talking about, when you say that, it doesn't mean that we are not concerned about things, that we don't have some care about some things. There, there's a line. In fact, Philippians chapter 4 is where we were just at, right? We were reading chapter 4 there. I, I've stopped at verse 9, but look at verse 10. Philippians chapter 4 verse 10 says, also, he's just been talking about casting our cares and all those kind of things on him. And don't be anxious. But in verse 10 of Philippians 4, Also, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you have renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned but had no opportunity to show it. It's okay to be concerned. In fact, we should be. He's praising them, thanking them for being concerned and, and wanting to figure out a way that they could show that concern. And that, that's all good. But there is a line 
that we cross, a part of which we've talked about last week. And if we're honest and we're not going to try to justify ourselves about the way we're saying or doing, I believe everyone here today could probably say we've crossed that line at some point in time. We have worried. We have been anxious. Although there might be some would say, they would say it. Eh, I mean, I, I'll sit here. I won't be rude and walk out. But I don't need this. I don't worry. I uh, hear some groaning there. You know, I, I don't really worry. Uh, you know, it's that's not. That's it, it's just not me. I, I might get a lot anxious at times. Uh, perhaps I get really concerned about things at times and. You know, whether you admit it or not, there's times that, you know, you felt uneasy. You felt on edge. There are things that you just can't get out of your head. In fact, it goes beyond just getting out of your head. It starts affecting your emotions. And, and, and it's just kind of that thing that your pulse picks up and you just keep going. And, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm cool. I'm, you know, and, you know, I'm, and then you just start worrying more and more and more. And, you know, we got, and some people thought, there was I, apparently I caused some people to be anxious last week. They thought I was going to rock out of that chair. <laughs> See, we, we we worry about a lot of things, you know. See, you you get this whole thing about uh, you, you you're rocking more and more. You become more distressed, more disturbed, and maybe say, "Well, I don't really go that far. It doesn't it doesn't make it that far." But that doesn't mean we don't worry. Even overthinking can be worrying. Beyond just thinking about how you're going to respond to face a situation. Rather, you're thinking about it, but you're thinking about it again and again, and you're rocking it over and over in your mind and thinking through all the different angles and this and that, and what if this happens, and what do I say about this, and what do I say about that? And I'm not really worrying that overthinking is just that. There are those who would just say worry is inevitable, so there's nothing we can do about it. But there is, because that's what he's saying right here in Philippians chapter 4. That's the whole point. To get out of the worry chair, to throw our hands up in the air and praise and thanks, but to recognize that if that's all we do, it does not necessarily help us to win over worry. It gets us out of the worry, but to finally win, to finally experience joy... We need more than just to throw our hands in the air and praise. We need to go to the next step, and that is to drop down in prayer. So you get out of the chair, throw your hands in the air, and drop down in prayer. We got that? Some of you probably get a rap song with that going, right? Or some, at least hip-hop, come on. Uh, you know, with this kind of thinking through, this is what we need to do. That's verse 6 here. In Philippians chapter 4, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. How do we do this? There are two things you see in your notes this morning and we're going to look at it. Is The first is that we need to share our cares with God. You know, I, I, I want us to, to look at this from uh, another angle kind of thing. You know, we're here rocking in our chair uh, and this is another angle from last week. Some of you over there, I see you. Uh, you know, we, we are right chair. We recognize we got to stop this rocking, this worry. And we compared a rocking chair to the way we worry because we a lot of activity, but you don't get anywhere. You know, you're not getting anywhere. You're just using up. And so we said you need to get out of the chair and raise your hands up in the air. 
and praise. Praise you, God. I praise you. Uh, I really thank you for... Uh, all right, so we're out of the worry. We're not worrying anymore. But, oh, by the way, this is my bag of troubles. Okay. Uh, th- 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 here's the thing. The thing that I was, my troubles that I was rocking and worrying about, I say, okay, I'm, I'm done worrying, but I'm still carrying my bag of troubles with me. Praise you, God. I mean, it, it gets a little hard to kind of praise God with, you know, hey, Lord, I really thank you for, uh, there you are, uh, you know, I, I just want to praise you that this, and eventually your arms get tired holding, depending on how heavy those worries are. In fact, for some people, it's even hard to throw our hands in the air because our troubles, our bag of troubles is so become so heavy for us. And yet, we don't think twice about the fact that we're praising God while we're holding our bag of troubles. And then we wonder why, hey, I did, the pastor, pastor said, and it's not the pastor said, the word of God says about rejoicing and all that, okay, he said, you know, you need to praise. So I did that, I raised my, threw my hands in the air and praise. Why didn't that work? Hint of why it doesn't work as we just can carry our... This is mine. These are my troubles. I'm supposed to carry them. I mean, these are things that we need to take care of. After all, God helps those who help themselves. You do know that's not in the Bible, right? You know? And and neither is anything likened to that in the Bible. We try to handle things ourselves. And and doing this, we're claiming we're just being responsible. Adults, or at least mature, in the way we're dealing with this. This is my troubles, I need to deal with this. But a lot of times it doesn't sound like an adult. It's instead, it sounds like a child who says, I can do it myself. How many of you remember when your kid got to that point? It's like, no, 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 no. It really doesn't take long. About the time they can talk. I can do it myself. You know? No, don't help me. And you know they can't do it themselves. But I can do it myself. I, I, I'm, I'm old enough. I'm old enough in Christ to handle this. This worry kind of thing. The, the whole time that we are handling it, we are anxious, we are on edge. Uh, the problem that we're trying to take care of, if it doesn't get taken care of right away, then what do we do? We just engage in this never-ending loop of conversation within our own minds about the worry about what's going on with the bag of troubles. It just keeps going on. But we got to take care of it. I'm going to take care of it. I'm supposed to take care of it. Uh, maybe eventually we say, you know what, this is not helpful. It's helpful if I, 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 I should be sharing this. I should be sharing this with others. I, should, I, I can't go through this with this on my own. And so you text somebody or you call someone, somebody that you trust, somebody that you know you, you talk with, and, and you kind of unpack your troubles with them, you know? You unpack all the troubles. Oh, just let me tell you about what's going on. And I really, 
I really need prayer and I really need this. And, and we unpack it all with them. But have you ever noticed that the problem is, after we're done with that, we didn't actually unload it with them, did we? We unpacked it. We talked about it. We dealt with it. And, and they, it was helpful time. But when we're done talking with them, we walk out with our bag of trouble. We still got it. You see, the real thing is the first call that we need to make should be the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who wants to handle all our cares. Psalm 62, verse 8. Trust in Him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to Him, for God is our refuge. To share our cares with God, who does care about us, that wants to hear. This is what we mean by saying drop down in part of what we mean by saying drop down in prayer. About praying, bringing our requests to God, our needs. He should be our first resource, not our last resort. The core value that we've been trying to talk about and tried to build and continue within us and allow God really to do that work in us is that prayer is the primary work of God. Prayer is the number one work. Prayer is the first work. Both of God's people. So to talk about the the need and share our cares with God doesn't make sense if all you think prayer is is a monologue or if all prayer has become for you is a monologue where you just go and you list all your problems and it's kind of like we're just going to drop them off in heaven for God to do something about and then he'll get back with me about it. Prayer is a dialogue. Prayer is a conversation. It's more than just asking. It's talking about it. It's sharing our cares with God and finding out that He does talk back with us. He does respond. Psalms are filled with this, with David pouring out his heart to God, sharing his cares, like in Psalm 55. Listen to my prayer, O God. Do not ignore my plea. Hear me and answer me. My thoughts trouble me, and I am distraught at the voice of the enemy, the stares of the wicked. They bring down... For they bring down suffering upon me and revile me in their anger. My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death assail me. Fear and trembling have beset me. Horror has overwhelmed me. I said, oh, that I had the wings of a dove. I would fly away and at least be at rest. I would flee far away and stay in the desert. I would hurry to my place of shelter far from the tempest and storm. Confuse the wicked, O Lord. Confound their speech. For I see violence and strife in the city. Day and night they prowl about its walls. Destructive forces are at work in the city. Threats and lies never leave the streets. He goes on just pouring out his heart to God. Much of what we see in the Psalms is that. If we're going to win over worry, if we're going to get this fight for joy, there has to be more than just uh, uh, raising up our hands in the air and saying praise. There has to be a sense where we take our troubles to him. We drop down in prayer, in an ongoing relationship with God. And if we are sharing with Him all the time, if we are in conversation at all times, when something comes up that tempts us to worry, it becomes so much easier to engage that because we've already been doing it. 
Versus like, well, I hardly ever talk to God except when I need to throw up a 911. That becomes more difficult for us. I mean, it's not that it's difficult for him, but for us. What we share with God, it should not just be a general God help me. Turn to Matthew chapter 20. Look at Matthew chapter 20. In verse 29, read about the blind men, two blind men on the side of the road. Matthew chapter 20, verse 29. And, and you'll notice in your notes that I was able to put those, because uh, we don't have, we never know what's going on right now with our projector. Uh, it, God is, I, it went out this morning to worship and came back on. I don't know how you guys did that. So I uh, mean, that was a God thing uh, as that came on. Hopefully we'll have it fixed here uh, in the next week or so. But you see that the scriptures are there. So if I list a scripture, they're in there. Matthew 20, verse 29. As Jesus and his disciples were leaving Jericho, a large crowd followed him. Two blind men were sitting by the roadside, and when they heard that Jesus was going by, they shouted, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. The crowd rebuked them and told them to be quiet, but the Lord, they shouted all the Lord, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. Here were these two men crying out to Jesus. It seems good. It is appropriate, a good place to to start, to cry out. But did anything happen? Nothing happened with them. They, They were not only recognizing Jesus and crying out to him, but they, in faith, were saying, Lord. They were exhibiting faith, so why weren't they healed? As we read on, Jesus stopped and called them. What do you want me to do for you? He asked. Lord, they answered, we want our sight. Despite their persistence about what people were trying to make them be quiet, despite their politeness, despite their faith and asking the Lord, no miracle happened until Jesus said, what do you want me to do? Tell me specifically. He said, have mercy on us. Well, that could be anything. Oh, wait a minute. He's Jesus. He knows what their problem is. And, and even then, they're obviously on the side of the road begging. They're obviously blind. How can you not know they're blind? And how can you not know in that day and age to be blind was even more traumatic to somebody than it is today in our day and age and what goes on? He knew what the problem was, surely. But no miracle took place until they said, we want to see. We want our sight. By the way, and and there'll be opportunity at the end, uh, for those who who come forward or those who ask the elders to pray and anoint for them for healing according to James chapter 5, one of the questions that's often asked is, what do you want Jesus to do for you? What do you want the Lord to do for you? This question here. We may know what's going on, but you have to speak it. Specifically, what do you want God to do? They ask for mercy. That can mean any number of things. And so many times we are dropped down in prayer to God and we do not specifically say what that request is. We do not give our prayer to Him. Instead, it's just kind of a general kind of thing. And God, you decide whatever. 
And Jesus says, listen, what do you want me to do? I, I know what you're pro- I see you. I heard you. But what do you want me to do for you? Speak it. To drop down in prayer is to recognize that we have not because we ask not. That whole thing. Lord, open our eyes. And it says then in verse 34, Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes and immediately they received. Immediately they received their sight and followed him. Sometimes our answers to prayer are not clear because our prayers are not clear. Does that make sense? Our requests are not clear. There's no answer without asking. Jesus, in his model of how to pray, the disciple says, hey, teach us to pray, and he gives them a model on how to do that. Does he say, our Father who is in heaven, holy is your name, please bless us today? He says, give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us, and, 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 and. A very specific model of praying specifically. To ask. And so this is about this petition to speak, to make a request, to uh, both the prayer and the petition, to plead and to beg, even with an urgency, what God wants to do. But unfortunately, sometimes all our conversation with God is about is just sharing. It's just venting our worries, our anxieties, and telling God. And that is a part of it. That's the first step. It's good to share and to talk with God. But sometimes all we're doing is just telling God about our bag of troubles, but we're really not asking Him to do anything about it. We're not really bringing in prayer and supplication before Him. We, we drop down. And I think sometimes we open up our bag and uh, saying that we're thinking we're giving our worries to Jesus, and, and instead we're just saying... Hey, Jesus, Jesus, could you take a look at this for a moment? Hey, hey take a look. Tell me what you think. Yeah, but just take a look. I really need some help with this. What do you think? No. Not just we need to drop down in prayer. We need to drop it down. To Him, to let it go. It would be interesting if we looked over our prayer list, and even if you don't write down, have a written prayer list, all of us have a prayer list. There's something we're praying for on a fairly regular basis. If we were to look over that list, how many of those things would we put a check mark next to that says we worry about it too? We're anxious about this. Are we fully praying then? Are we completely praying about this? Are we really presenting our request to God, as it says here in Philippians chapter 4? Are we really doing that, or are we just talking to God about our problems while we're holding on to them? We're sharing our care, but it, in some way in our minds, we think that we're supposed to have joint custody of our troubles with God. Uh, we share joint custody with this. God, you got me and I got it, you know, and no. We need to be able to completely let that go. And that's that next part is to cast our cares on God. The solution of Philippians 4 here, the very last in verse 6 that we were looking at, present your request before God. 
dropping, letting go of the worries. 1 Peter 5, verse 7, cast all your cares, your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And in fact, Psalm 55, verse 22 says, cast all your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. Being anxious and worried is about experiencing a stress that is something more than what we can handle, but it's not more than what God can handle. Jesus wants to help us. He wants to help us. But, but so often times we're coming to him, we're, we're, we're holding on to this. We, we're not letting go. It's, it's kind of like, uh, it's like a little kid. We're a little kid who's sad about his teddy bear that the arm is almost all the way ripped off. And, and that arm's going to fall off any time in the poor teddy bear. And as a parent, you want to, I, I can fix that. Some of us guys are like, yeah, we might not sew it, but hey, super glue works. You know, but we're saying, I can fix that. And what happens? Most of the time, kids not like, oh, okay, here, take my prized teddy bear that's really, really in bad shape. And sometimes I think we're doing that with God. Is we're not letting go. We, we are bringing it before Him. Yes, we're talking, but that thing that needs to, we were not really just truly letting and, and casting our care upon Him. I was saying, God, I need you. I want to trust you with this and you alone. I'm giving it all over. Obviously, things that are going to happen in life that's going to push this to, to be concerned, to get us back in the rocking chair. But as we really do this, we can find that our life begins to win over worry a little bit more and a little bit more. You know, we, we eventually get to the place where, where, where things start going better as far as worry is concerned. And, and, and it's no longer right in the living area of our life where we're dealing with it every day. You know, it's not necessarily that just, boom, it's gone. But we start to see things happen. And eventually, you even get to the point where, you know, hey, I'll just put this in the back room here. We got this. Goes in the back room. You can't really destroy the chair of worry. But you can get it farther and farther away from your daily life and what's going on. You're finding it. Because you're casting your care. But that it, it, we need to be clear. It's not just casting this particular bag of trouble is casting all our cares on him and one of the problems where we struggle with is that we when we start winning and the chair is kind of not there all the time where we're seeing it then we start thinking hey i got this it's going good you know and and I, i'm able to not worry i'm i i i'm not gonna rock with the you know and 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 we start to get overconfident start thinking that it's up to us that we're the one who did that and we're able to uh to handle the things that come along in fact some people live by the whole way of thinking is that um i handle the little stuff you know if there's something that's got to go i'm going to deal with it but the, the the things that are possible to deal with i deal with and i give god the impossible stuff i don't know if anybody lives by that kind of philosophy is that i you know, I take responsibility, I deal with the stuff that's possible to deal with, and I give God the impossible. 
That might sound good, but trying harder and harder to try to deal with what you think you can handle doesn't work. Because even if you can handle that one thing, what happens when the next thing comes and next? And they're all happening all at once. It may be something small, but the small things add up and the small things get to the point where you can't handle it. And what if it really doesn't work out? And how do you know what's the possible and what's the impossible? How do you determine that line? Well, I really think about it and try to, in other words, you worry about it. Right? That's what happens is we worry about it. And so we're just doing that. Instead, what God has said here in Philippians 4, verse 6, is in everything by prayer and petition. In everything. That 1 Peter 5 says, cast all your cares upon him. That is all, the whole, every, those words means every kind, everything, each and every total thing. And sometimes we just got this one big bag of trouble and we bring it and we drop it down in prayer before God and we wonder why we're still having trouble with worry and why we're still not winning and finding joy is because yes, maybe you really have dropped that down, but you have not cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. You have not let it go. We are to bring our requests, not just the big ones, not just the little ones, not just the 911, but the 411, the 511s, everyone of what we're to do before God. Not just those prayers that we think are deserving of God and says, I can't ask him about this because I'm the one who stepped in it and so I got to take care of it. No, most of what God's dealing with us is stuff we've stepped in. It's just a part of life. And he knows that he loves us and he wants to help us through it. A key to prayer is not merely to pray and hope that you can get rid of all your worries, but that you can give up all your problems to God. First Chronicles chapter 16 and verse 34 and 35. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Say also, save us, O God, of our salvation and gather and deliver us from among the nations that we may give thanks to your holy name and glory in your praise. I don't know if you caught it there, but there's this cycle, this, this, this rhythm of life, so to speak, that we live, that we get out of that chair, we lift our hands in the air and we praise God. And as we praise Him, then we drop down in prayer and we pray for those things. And as we pray, as we truly cast all our cares upon Him, He answers, He meets us in that in some way. And as He meets us in that in some way, we don't go back to the chair. Instead, what do we do? We throw our hands up in the air and praise again and we're praising Him. And as we're praising Him, it leads us to drop down in prayer prayer again and lift our hands in the air and it's just a whole cycle that we continue to work through with him in our life eventually getting the place where we're not giving in to worry or, or, or whatever's going on and and we think we've got it you know but but it's going to happen especially when we're talking about it i don't know what's happened in your life last week but when we're talking about it the chances are either god's going to test you or somebody else is going to try you on this whole thing in this week okay worry i have it in the back room but you start hearing a rumble in the back room of something that's going on you wonder what's going on and you know you say there's just something and i'm, I'm not going to worry i don't have a problem but you start to hear well you know and, and, and it's kind of like knocking to get out it's like we have a choice to make it's okay you can be tempted to worry. That's okay. But we have a choice to make. Say, so, uh-uh, not you. I'm not going to do it. Not answering. 
walk away. Or, well, I, I just, just, just this one time. I mean, just right. No, I shouldn't. But then it just keeps happening, and 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 we don't go to throw on our hands in the air and praise. We don't drop down in prayer. And so we pull the chair out a little bit, and then we just pull the chair out a little bit more. I'm not sitting in it. I don't know what your problem is. But we keep just you keep you know. I'm really not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not worrying until we bring it right into our living area again. Sit down. That happened this week uh, in, in our life. When we think about this, obviously you get that test. Is on Friday, um, Josiah, our youngest, who's at Nyack. Uh, some of you get the are on the prayer chain, and, and you get those requests. And if that's something you want to do because you want to pray, not because you want to know, but if you want to pray, is to let the church office know that. But there's a sense that uh, Josiah called. He had to go to the hospital because. He was experiencing some physical things that were new, basically. He has a lot of different physical for a long time now, uh, very unique and unusual kind of things that, uh, that he has. And so, um, so he was having something that was really happening that could be pretty serious. Uh, so he goes to the hospital, ER, they check him out, and they decide to keep him, do tests. All right. And actually, he's still there the tests they they're trying to come up with the diagnosis and also as well figure out a strategy now when i when i found that out i would say i wasn't worried that something bad or some horrible was going to happen i mean two two reasons not to be worried number one he's at the hospital i mean i know you can still be worried but i mean he's not here and he's there and the roommate and the friend is with him and he's at the hospital. They're not worried. Other thing not to be worried is God has delivered him from things much worse than that. I mean, there's things that God has met and, and helped in physical things that have gone on that have been amazing, miraculous. So God's done that. And in fact, not worried because on Wednesday of last week, uh, God led me to, I, I felt like I was led to pray and fast for Josiah, even though I didn't know these problems were going on all week. So just praying and fast. So, you know, that sounds good, right? Doing good. Not worrying about it. Except, well, now, what if this and it happens or if the doctor and this and, and then do we need to go there? And what if, and so here's the overthinking. And what about this? And what about that? So, you know, he's going to be fine. But I wasn't worried about the overall thing, but I still was worried and anxious. About this and this and this and this. Get away. Stop. Stop. Put your hands in the air and drop it in prayer. Everything. See, that's the thing. Is I could say probably, and I, I do believe legitimately, that to drop his, his life, his physical care, what was going to happen to him was in God's hands. That bag of trouble's down problem was I was holding on to some other bags of troubles with all of this. We've got to cast all our cares, anxieties upon it, if we're going to find the freedom that we're looking for. I ask the worship team to come ahead and come on up. As we close out today, 
I realize for some people this is a never-ending struggle. And other people, other Christians have never-ending struggles in other areas. And you shouldn't have to feel worse about because you really struggle with this. There are other Christians that struggle with other things. And I also realize that this is not trying to make all of this a simplistic religious exercise, just something you do. In fact, next week there's a real key to all of this uh, that we're going to talk about in Psalm 33. I encourage you to read through Psalm 33. But I want to give an opportunity now as we sing this final song for you to respond that there is something in your life that you need to drop down in prayer. And maybe even just literally to come and to bring it, to kneel before him here, to go to the front uh, chairs even. If you can't, you say, I can't drop down and kneel. I won't get back up. So right there, that's fine. To drop it uh, here and to pray and just to, to lay our bag of troubles before the Lord. And maybe it's not just that bag, but it's a bunch of other ones to lay it all before him. You want somebody to pray with you, there can be people to gather around as well, but just encourage you uh, to come, recognizing we need Him. We cannot do this ourselves. Father, lead in this moment. Help us to follow through with what we know we need to do. We probably have, have done it before, but Lord, here's another opportunity. We can say we've prayed, we can say we've given it to you before, but for some reason the bag's still in our hand to help us to drop this down, to cast all our cares, all our anxiety upon you because you care for us. In your name, amen. Let's stand together as the Lord leads you. Just come, come forward.